Welcome to episode number 36 of the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in the buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. In this episode, I'm talking with land professionals Jack Gabriel and Greg Clearman. These two have started working together on land real estate deals, and they cover territory in Mississippi, Arkansas, Alabama, Louisiana, and Tennessee. The approach of working as a team is not new to real estate, but it is not as commonly seen in rural land. Jack and Greg are highly successful, and their listings contain some of the most prestigious recreational tracks that can be found in the United States today. They give their insights on working together and useful information for buyers and sellers in today's market. Now sit back and enjoy. I am sitting here with Jack Gabriel and Greg Clearman out of Mississippi. And um, Jack, Greg, why don't you just talk me through a little bit how how you kind of got here with National Land. And I'll start with you, Jack, yeah, I'll let you kick it off and then I'll, I'll get with you, Greg, here as soon as he's done. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm- been in the land business since 2012, worked for a few different companies, was a broker for a company before I moved to Mississippi. And, um, you know, just spent a lot of money on marketing, spent a lot of money and time in the office uh, trying to generate leads and different strategies. And uh, had some friends from a previous company I worked for that made the transition over to National Land and spoke with them and uh had a meeting with ronnie richardson and it was done after that he you know he could he could sell a, a brick to a wall i guess and um it's been a fun ride so far i mean i've been with national land almost two and a half three years now and i guess over the last year and a half greg and i've teamed up so it's been really good yeah and greg how did you get here well i I, I went a, a different route. I started out with uh, a smaller brokerage uh, here in Mississippi, um, and which let, got me going. And it was really good. Looking back, I'm, I'm glad I did it because it, it lets you see how how other you know operations are ran and what's good and what is not so good and where you fit in and what it is you want to do and achieve. And so. I was there for approximately two years and started realizing I wanted to expand and grow into other markets and that particular brokerage was not fit for that. So I started looking into what could, who would allow me to achieve and get to a platform that I wanted to get to. And it turned out that national land uh, was the perfect fit for me. And it's just been a wonderful thing from day one, to be honest with you. And it's uh, been no, no regrets, no reserve and been, been having a good time doing it. That's good to hear. Well, yeah. So the, and the two of you have something cool going on. Like the two of you have kind of joined forces to create something greater here in the last little bit and started working together, uh, you know, on, you know, working with clients, working with land. Um, tell me a little bit about that. How did this, how did you guys kind of just start working as a team? And I, and I realize it's like, you know, you're not together on, or are you, are you together on all contracts or are you working, you know, side by side on everything or is it, is it sort of formulated like that? How, how do you have you structured this? Jack, you got in? I'd say it's evolving that way. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of had an open discussion at the beginning of this year because we had such a good year last year to, to kind of move in that direction. Um, 
I'll go back to kind of your original question, Mac, how it started. Um, you know, I had a very difficult listing two years ago in central Mississippi and uh, really wasn't getting any traction on it. And uh, actually had it co-listed with my previous company just out of courtesy. <clears throat> and when that expired, um, I got it renewed and was talking to Ronnie and Ronnie was like, look, Greg can sell this track and uh, reached out to Greg and <clears throat> we decided we were going to co-list it. And that's really what started. It was a property uh, that was a river bottom hardwood track and just took a unique buyer. And uh, Greg and I, I guess we had some hurdles with that whole transaction, but because of the dynamics and the way that we work together, we were able to just take any kind of adversity and pull and get that deal closed. And I think from that point on, we had just such a level of trust and respect for each other that it just, it just was a natural fit. And as we started doing more and more deals together, we got more and more comfortable. And I mean, Greg, we've kind of said it before. I feel like you're my big brother. You know, I mean, we do. We're like family and um, we've got some exciting things coming up. And I just think, you know, it's just the, the there's no end in sight. The way I see it, we, we, we've got great momentum. We've uh, we're trying to develop systems each and every day. I mean, follow up boss is going to be something that I'm looking into to kind of coordinate with Greg and Dallas and set up that team on, on it. And thanks national land for putting that together. But, um, anyway, Greg, go ahead and then I guess tell your side of the story. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot behind what you just said, Jack, but you know, Jack, for instance, Jack right now currently lives about 75 miles south of me and we're covering a footprint of three states basically at this point so when when all that started coming together with jack and i we started realizing how important and how easy things started to become taking care of clients from showings following up on listings and getting things under contract and it just started kind of just a domino effect and was just working really really well um and so that's that's one thing that's again is is unique about national land is having access to so many other qualified you know people in your business that you can use and i don't want to use the word piggyback off of but you can certainly you know get behind and help that one person that may be struggling with getting to a particular listing or a showing or something and next thing you know, you're just growing more and more and more and more. And it's, it's kind of what's happened here. And it's just, it wasn't something that we uh, set out to do. It came to us in a way, kind of organically. And um, it's, it's, it's been a game changer for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and in, in, in then for anybody listening, you know, what we're talking about here is we have two, two land agents, two land professionals that were, were working individually that came on board with National Land. And have started working together with each other exclusively as sort of a team effort to where when somebody's and, and please jump in here and, and throw something at me if I, if I get anything wrong, but what you have here is where when you start working with a client, they're, they're getting the, they're getting the brain power and the time of two individuals, as opposed to one to where if one of you is not available, the other one chances are will be to do a showing, to answer questions. One of you can be out in the field working on another listing or with another client while one of you follows up with another client. I mean, you're, you're just getting more coverage for the stuff that you are already working with. And plus the, the added benefit of that is, is 
neither one of you has to walk in with a client and be the smartest guy in the room. You've got two brains in there that, that can, you know, if one of you doesn't know what the other one will, and then you have a network throughout the entire organization that you can go to in case the two of you don't have it. Is that kind of, you know, it's kind of a unique thing that you have going on there, right? It's exactly right. And it makes you feel like you've got all bases covered. Um, you're, you're not missing anything. You've got, and, and so with the Delta, the way the Mississippi's laid out, you got the Delta, you got South Mississippi, it's two different terrains. And Jack is a professional in that market there. And I feel like I've kind of brought that same level here in the Delta. And um, so you, you have to be able to speak almost two different languages, if you will, of different clients. And Jack and I have just really done well with working both ends of those buyers and sellers. And it's, it's paying off. Yeah. So, and, and then Jack, you brought up, uh, you know, beforehand, you know, we, we were talking about things that we would discuss in here and you were telling me about a particular 1031 exchange that you guys have worked on about a, was a year ago. Uh, I was, I was wondering if the two of you could tell me about that sort of how this dynamic played into that and how this all worked out to, to be able to do a deal that's a little more complicated with the two of you working together. So it, it's a, it's a neat story. It was, uh, it was a property national national land had had previously listed and it was listed with an, another broker. And then we got brought back in because we just, the, the seller realized how valuable national land and, and having our, you know, our resources was. <clears throat> and we got a, a call from a buyer from, from Florida that was selling a home and had some 1031 money. And, you know, I think I fielded the first call and then he called Greg and we were just kind of back and forth. It was all about the same property. And we scheduled the time to go show it. Greg and I went over there. We showed it. We wasn't there maybe, you know, 30 minutes and conversation. And the guy said, well, this just isn't a property for me. And Greg, off the top of his head, had another property in mind in uh, central Mississippi. So we just all hopped in trucks and, and headed up that way and, you know, felt good vibes with the buyer on that track. Thought he was probably going to make a move on it. Well, while we're sitting there showing that track, Greg gets a call from a referral uh, about a new listing opportunity. And the guy started basically telling Greg what the property had and, and uh, price and everything. And, <clears throat> Greg told him, Hey, we're with a buyer right now. I need to see that track today. And, uh, we were kind of running out of daylight. So we, we might've broke the speed limit there a little bit, getting, getting <laughs> over to on the other side of Jackson, but the caretaker met us there, showed us the property and the buyer ended up hopping in the truck with Greg, uh, riding back to town and, um, basically decided he wanted to make an offer on that track. So we, you know, set out with one listing, showed the buyer an off-market property, and then went and showed him something that we were going to get listed within the next week. And we had that property under contract the next day. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I just think, you know, being able to adapt and not just being just so tunnel vision on one property, you definitely don't want to muddy the waters with buyers, but you also want to get them what they need and what they want. And uh, I think Greg and I both, realized at that point when he got that, that call, it was go time. We needed to head to that track and it was a pretty good sale for us. I think it was like a two and a half million dollar sale. Yeah. And it, it, it all took place within 
from the moment we met the particular buyers, I would say within six hours, we had found the property that they actually wanted that we had no idea that was even available at the time. And that's just, it goes to show you it just worked out, but that's, that's the strength in the networking of knowing certain things that are going on that other people do not know. And we were able to take that buyer and it was what we were, what, 80 miles east of, yeah. of where we started. Uh, and finally landed where he wanted to be. And we put that deal together that day. And I can tell you that seller, uh, which he had that particular property already listed for a while and became disgruntled with his particular agent. Um, so he was, uh, to say the least, he was very impressed with how quick that came together. And oh yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. And if I'm hearing this right, you know, this is where both of you receive phone calls from this person and and then you're out in the field with them and then a lead came into you greg which might not have come to jack right where you know just by the two of you working together when one of you acquiring a lead or one of you acquiring a referral were able to like it just happened to work like that right and it probably is just because you've got more people working on it well we do and that that particular day in that case you know i'm not going to say it happens every day however <laughs> yeah. we have we have found ourselves uh putting that same formula together and using it with other buyers or sellers and it's worked out and it's just i don't know it's a good it's a good fit um and you, you know you want to be in unique in some way to your competition to be able to do something that they're not doing or that, that they are do better at what it is that they are doing. And to me, uh, knowledge of your, your territory is one of the key factors of just knowing where things are or where it's going to be coming up available soon or whatever, to be able to put that buyer in the right place that he, he wants to call home. Yeah. And so explain for a second, I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, you know, and I just, I, I always try to like, I try to put out as much information as I can. Tell me a little bit about, you mentioned taking a client out to see an off-market listing. Mm -hmm. and tell me a little bit about one, how you hear about off-market listings and what that process looks like. And, and sort of, you know, again, it, where it's where there's more of you working with one client, how that plays a benefit to this. Um, because I find that, I find that whole atmosphere of marketing off-market listings um, to be really unique. So, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Jack, you want to go? Or you... Well, I'll just make this comment. Just, I think Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say over half of our volume last year of sales that we did together was off market properties, if I remember correctly. And, um, I think that's pretty unique to kind of how we are able to, uh, you know, build relationships and, and still have the trust of these buyers and sellers um, and carry, you know, carry the deal all the way to the end with really no worries of getting, you know, kind of somebody going around our back and doing something. Um, but I'll let you elaborate on, you know, how you get the off market stuff. Cause you always get some pretty good ones. <clears throat> I don't know if it's uh, anything I do different, but I try and stay very active with, um, interacting with people. I mean, it's, it's what we're supposed to do anyway. And so you're, you should be constantly engaging with other landowners and friends and they're picking up saying, Hey, I know so somebody's down 
about to sell his farm or wants to buy this particular place. And next thing you know, you've, you've, you've done put two and two together and you've got a deal done and it could happen. For instance, in that case, it happened within six, eight hours of us meeting that particular buyer. But I mean, that's what I do is just if, whether it's lunch with friends at the country club, or if it's, you know, at the local hamburger joint is just paying attention to what's going on around you and, and, befriending as many people as you can and just uh, being aware of your market. And that's, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, just being awareness of the market. Um, and you'll be able to find a lot of deals. You'll be able to find a lot of people that don't want to actually list their property, but they want to sell it. And that's okay too. It's not ideal what we want, but if that's the way we need to go, then we'll work, we'll work around it. So that's what I was going to ask about that. Like when you get an off market deal, is it something where a landowner has come to you? Like, so, Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you. I want to sell it, but I don't want to put it on the market. But if you find somebody that's looking for something like this, let me know. Is it just kind of like offhand like that? And you end up. It's very offhand. It's just very, it's very kind of off the cuff. And I'm working on one right now. That's a, a large deal. It's, it's, it's 17, $18 million. Um, that is off the market and he, he wants to keep it on the down low. And again, we're, we're about to, to get to the point where we're going to a showing and then a contract. So um, it's a lot of it is very casual, loose conversation. And sometimes it can be a little more, you know, direct and just the, this is the plan. So. Yeah. And then, so I, and what I, something I wanted to ask the two of you was you both have very different ways of working, just given your, just what plays into your strengths, your personalities, the way that you work. Um, tell me a little bit about sort of the dynamic between the two of you. And then the question I want to pose to both of you is, you know, what, what are the most important things that you keep in mind or that you work with clients on when you go to list a new property? You know, is it, is, what do you focus on when you go to list? Is That's the two questions I wanted to ask you out of that. Well, I think the first thing, Jack, where you going? No, go ahead. I think the first thing you got to, and I've learned this over time, I didn't always used to do this, is actually my access. Is to find out what, do we have a good access point or is it going to be a problem? Because if we do, if we do have some problems, we need to get on it then as opposed to later. Um, and then second, I like to, you know, the, the location and the, you know, how well is this land landowner taking care of his property? Is it let it go? Is there a lot to be done to get it back on his feet? Um, those particular things are important to me before we actually start moving to an engagement. Yeah. And I think that this kind of is a good segue to what the way I feel is, you know, I, Greg from the start, is thinking about the property and, and the business side of it and, and what it offers and, and access. And, and I'm a little different. And when I engage in conversation, I, I kind of just immediately want to make friends with that person. So I'm not really even thinking about the property yet. I'm more, you know, Hey, what do you do for a living? Where are you from? You know, did you enjoy the, the baseball game this weekend? That kind of stuff. But I think that's where Greg and I, you know, the yin and the yang kind of come together because he has so much knowledge about just the facts of life, if you want to call it, the facts of selling property and the, and, and the property itself. And, and not that he doesn't, you know, engage in that relational side, 
but you know, I, I, I from the get go and going after that and, and, and trying to build that relationship and trust. So we kind of have each other's back on that end. <clears throat> and, uh, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I like it. I like the answer. And, and then Greg, you kind of, you know, where, where you've come through in the last couple of years is, is uh, you put a pretty heavy concentration on the photography that you've been doing. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about sort of the importance of photography when you're going out to a new listing, you know, is it, is that, are you looking at how to get good photos of it when you first step onto the property or is that something that just sort of evolves as you go along? And is it, is it your, I guess the biggest question is, is that your primary focus is how it displays? It is not my primary focus. It is something that is very important and, and, and is, is going to come for me. I think it's automatic. I already know that I'm going to get this angle, this picture. And, you know, every property can be, there's not one property alike. So there could be features that come up that, you know, you want to be able to show. Um, it could be the pine plantations. It could be deer habitat could be wild duck habitat. It can be a lodge, any features that really pull that track out, separate it from others. Um, so when coming, when you're talking about photography and the quality, we've been blessed to have one of our own brothers on board, Jason Miller, that is an exceptional photographer. Um, and he, he does a very good job. Uh, but I just want to be able to showcase that property the best I can with every feature that that property has to, to, to make it, you know, pop. And, um, so I don't know if I really go in there with an agenda on pictures, but I do have an agenda on what is, what it is I'm looking at and where, who's going to buy it. I start thinking about what kind of buyer is going to jump here. And so I'm already starting to think about where I'm going to take this property to when I get there. That's just me. So you're doing a little bit of target marketing there and you said photography is not your primary focus. So between the two of you, is there a primary focus when you're going to list? And if there is obviously, you know, what is that? Or well, a combination of everything like pricing it correctly and telling the story and getting the photos and putting it on the right places, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think the primary focus is is to get to get it get it inked up, get the man to sign on the line that's dotted. <clears throat> Number one, if you don't have that, then you're not going to walk away with much. Um, but that's that's my goal is to find out where do we stand and can we get this listing, and so what is it going to take to do it uh, from our seller? So Jack, go ahead. No, I think you're right, Greg. You know, we want a lot of paperwork. We want signed, signed contracts, signed deals. Um, Cause you can spin your wheels a lot, you know, going out on a property, looking at it, having kind of a thought process and a, and a plan. And uh, if, if you don't leave there with a listening agreement or, or an offer, you know, it can, <clears throat> it can kind of haunt you a little bit because you thought it really, really well. And you're wondering why the seller buyer hadn't called you back. And, um, you know, the key is, is we're not trying to manipulate anyone, but what we're trying to do is show them how we're the best that they can have in doing that job while we're there. And if we can share our plan and our vision for that project, nine times out of 10, we'll, we'll get that contract signed, whether it's a listening agreement or an offer. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's the kind of the quantity there too, right? Like when you meet with a new possible client, the thing that you're offering is the time and knowledge that you've acquired over the years where you're putting in time to learn the land, you put in time to, to review it with the prospect, right. To talk to them. And then, but you want to validate that you want to get the exclusivity of working with that person because you've already given them some time to talk to them in the first place and to get to know them in the property and then trying to say, okay, we need to move forward. And I promise you, yeah, I get that to where you you definitely want to seal the deal there and make sure that your time is being appreciated and that, that you can do the best job you can for them. Right. Exactly. So when you, when you guys are looking at it and Greg, you talked about this when you were, when you were talking about thinking about who's possibly going to buy and you know, what you're talking about there is basically you're looking at target marketing, right? Right out of the gate, right? Like who's the purchaser of this product? Who's going to buy this land? Um, what, what are some of the main things that you all work with in your area of Mississippi? You mentioned the, you mentioned river bottom hardwood. I didn't know that. Is that, is that common? What, what do we got here? Absolutely. Yeah. Jack, you want to tell him, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you get along the Mississippi river or any river system, you, you have a lot of hardwoods and it has a tendency to flood. So we call it river bottom hardwood and, it's usually some of the best deer and duck hunting that you can find in those areas. Um, and then, you know, like Greg said, he, I mean, he, he focuses on the Delta a lot. So not only does he have that good river bottom hardwood along the Mississippi river, um, he also has, you know, some of the ag land or some of the WRP tracks that have been developed for duck hunting and, 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 you know, giant deer. And down here in Southwest Mississippi, where I live, we, we've got some, you know, some hill ground and it's a little bit flatter, a little bit more dry. Um, so you kind of have the more of a getaway people f- mostly from Louisiana, just wanting, you know, some hunting land, they can come shoot some deer on and, and, and get away from hurricanes or, or <laughs> just get away from the office. So. That's, that's a worry that I am not used to is y'all's hurricanes and everything. <laughs> so when, when, when you guys decided to do this is are our clients used to it? Does it, does it even phase them that they're working with two people? Cause I think, I think a lot of people expect to work with one agent when they do, you know, enter into an agreement or when they're working with somebody. And are there some questions that you get like out of the, out of the gate when somebody's like, so I got to talk to both of you. Who do I call? Like, is there, how does that tend to work with you two? To my knowledge, we hadn't had anyone that's had any, uh, uncomfortable feelings towards it. If anything, they probably embrace uh, both personalities because they are different um, and that's fine. Uh, but Jack, I mean, you may know something, something I do not, but we, I don't feel like we've had anybody that we've walked away from that was uh, uncomfortable with the situation or, did, or was not pleased with the experience that they've been given. Through I agree. I think it's, I think it's just, it's sort of natural. I mean, you know, we, like you said, or, organic earlier, when we're meeting with people, I mean, we're both very personable guys. We both know what we're talking about. And I think people can see that. Um, and then, you know, Mac, you mentioned it, you know, you got, you got the brain power of two guys and the work ethic of two guys versus just one. So it's just, it's, it's really a benefit. And I think it, as we meet with people and the longer we do this, it becomes even more natural. There's no awkwardness. There's no, you know, confusion, really. And a lot of that comes from the respect that Greg and I have together. 
look, I'm not jealous. He he gets a phone call and he calls him and that's his guy. But he may need me to call him kind of like you said earlier. So you, you just have to have that trust. And I guess that's why the word, you know, I said jealous because you have to trust each other. And we do. Which is sort of a rare combo in the in, in the real estate world, right? Like there's a lot of distrust in real estate, it seems like. So, so to talk to, to the two of you that have such a cool dynamic. I, I really think that that's neat. Um, I, I didn't kind of ask you at the beginning, but like, you know, both of you started out with with land, real estate outfits or, you know, real estate before, you know, national land. How did you get into land in the first place? Did you have backgrounds in forestry, in fish and wildlife or anything like that or just an appreciation, I guess? But what what kind of brought you in? Well, for me, it was more of an appreciation. It was um, looking back. In my first career, my younger days, I never dreamed about selling real estate or selling hunting land, but I was hunting every time I could. Uh, and some things materialized into my life. With And my wife said one day, she said, Greg, you, you need to get in the real estate business. And I did. Um, and it's been an absolutely wonderful ride this whole time. There's bad days for sure. Um, but... For me, it was more of an appreciation. It was more of, you know, looking back how much knowledge I had through the the area that I live in along the Mississippi River in the Delta and outside of that. And it just it, it worked, I mean, literally from day one. And so I don't know if there was any one thing that jumped out of the sky and said, go sell land. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, for me, that's what happened, Jack. Yeah, I was working in the hospital system. I had I have two bachelor's degrees in healthcare, and and I sell land for a living. So, um, <laughs> I would just say, you know, just varying circumstances, different economical issues and political issues, and you know, have changed the hospital system. And I decided to get out twelve years ago, and uh, and took my real estate license uh, classes in two weeks online, and had my license in a month, and you know. Um, I had a, a a really good mentor at that time that kind of brought me in and we were really uh, <clears throat> involved in RLI and he, you know, Realtors Land Institute's a big help when it comes to education, especially new agents and um, led to me getting my ALC. And, um, you know, a lot of what I know though, is just like Greg, I grew up hunting. I mean, I grew up duck hunting in the marsh and Venice and deer hunting in North Louisiana and the river bottom hardwood. So, um, you know, I get depressed when I'm inside, I could be outside all day and we'll get the best office in the world for sure. In fact, you know, one of the things Greg and I kind of joke about if things get slow for us, we're like, man, we got to go get in the truck together and go ride because it seems like when we're riding together, you know, the phone's ringing, we got deals coming along, you know? So if we feel like we hit a wall, uh, uh, Greg told me the other day, man, just come drive up to Jackson. Let's go for a ride. <laughs> so I like what in that, and that's probably a lead up to my next question. What's the typical day look like for the two of you and, and going on into it? Like you have scheduled meetings. Do you just like meet whenever, you know, what, what does that look like? One of you, one of you work in one area and one of you work in another area and how do you communicate? Well, we communicate. We're constantly on the phone, either via text or by a cell phone talking about, uh, new listing or showings or closings that are coming together. Um, 
So I think that we, we wake up and we do whatever it is we have to do that day. There are days that are scheduled with series of events that we have a task at hand. Um, and that could turn in from starting out listing a property that morning at 10 at 12, we've got to be at a certain place showing 400 acres, two more showings, and then we're calling it a day. And that could, that could turn into some days of three, 400 miles of travel. Um, am I right, Jack? Yeah, so definitely. Can, we, there are numerous times where we have 16-hour days of doing what it is we got to do to get, 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 get the deal done. And, and I will say a lot of times, even when we say, hey, you know, we may take a break, there, there's really not a break because we're still making phone calls, still checking emails, still, you know, typing up spreadsheets or, or whatever. So, um, you know, I was on spring break last week for vacation and I was still writing offers and writing contracts and Greg was too. And, uh, you know, it, it, it does make you feel like you hit a wall when you're away and you're not here in your truck or you're not here with your partner going out and doing things. Um, so uh, I think Greg and I can both agree. We don't really like vacation other than the family aspect of it. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good for the family. We enjoy that part of it. Don't get me wrong, but from a work standpoint, you know, you got so much positive movement and you got so many good things going on uh, or you're working through problems even, but you know, you're feeling very productive. So y'all are trying to tell me that you like your job. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. So, so I just I just wanted to say that out loud because there's not a lot of people that feel that way about what they do for a living, and it's just cool to hear two people that do. Um, it's 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 great to hear actually uh, from that perspective. Tell me a little bit about what what do you typically see is the biggest concern when you go to talk to somebody about a listing? What are, what are they usually worried about? In my opinion, the first thing that that my biggest concern is, are they going to, are their expectations of achieving a, a certain number? Are they realistic? Um, because that's, everybody wants the maximum squeeze they can get out of their property. You know this. And that tends to put a little pressure on you, if you will. Um, but Jack, did I miss something or do you feel like there's no, another, another? No, I mean, it's there. The money makes the world go round. So it's either pricing or commission. And, you know, we want to make sure that we've got the data to prove that, you know, to provide to that seller, hey, this is this is the factual information, what we feel that your property will sell for. And, you know, at the same time, we got to make a living. Uh, we can't do this and, for free. You know, I had a particular client call me last week. Jack and I went and looked at his property and then he called me. It's been about two or three weeks since we went and toured his place. And it was really nice. And, I was excited about it. And so anyway, he called me last week and he said, look, Greg, he says, I want to let you know I forgot you. Uh, I'm still ready to get this deal done. He said, but look, uh, I want you to know I'm not going to pay you uh, the big money. I said, well, what do you mean the big money? He said, well, I'm thinking one or two percent. I said, well, let me ask you a quick question. He said, go ahead. I said, you're telling me if I get the goal that you want for your property, you've got a problem paying me my standard commission. And there was silence. <laughs> and he, he said, you know what? I guess you're right. I said, well, then give me a chance and give me the keys. Boom, we're off to the races. Yeah, I was going to ask. So so when there is an issue like that, so, so let's take those two angles, right? One where there could be 
And, and I think that this is really common right now where the market was so hot for two years. And then it, we, we looked at a drastic kind of plateau to cooling in some areas. Mm-hmm. There's some unrealistic expectations. There's either somebody who acquired land in the last two years and wants to retain what they put in or somebody that's thinking they could still get those big profits and wants to keep that price high. How do you sort of temper those expectations when when you're talking to somebody? Well, I think you, you, when, to be honest with them, so you have to. I mean, but just say, well, you're expecting this when, you know, I just sold a track two miles down the road last week at 3,000 an acre. Um, so tell me how you, where are you coming up with that number? And when, a lot of times when you put it back on, on their shoulders, they'll, they'll kind of come, come around and start, you know, coming back to reality. Um, but I'll just give them the past experience of the things that's been happening, the things that you actually know. And there's, that's the knowledge coming out and verifying. I can verify everything that I'm sitting here telling you, Mr. Seller. So that's, that's the way I try and attack it, Jack. You, you got another yeah, approach? Think, no, it's just similar. I mean, you know, we try to have comps and, and past sales. Another thing I like to do is I, or I like to say, I, I like to build it, uh, break it down and build it back up. So, you know, when you look at a track of land, you've got, obviously you've got dirt. And so there's a value in the dirt and there's a value in the trees and there's a value in the lodge. Well, let's separate all those out, figure out what those values are. And then when we put them back together, then we come up with our price. And usually when, when you do that, you can validate your comps because, you know, they may say, hey, I want 4,000 an acre, but Greg and I both know it's worth 3,000 an acre. But when you separate those out and then put them back together and show them how you're coming up with that value, you know, the light, the light bulb turns on sometimes and, uh, you know, you can get them to agree. Yeah. Well, you know, you're the, you're the expert and this is what you do for a living, you know, and, and sometimes you turn that conversation around, you know, say, Hey, I don't, I don't tell a mechanic how to change my oil Cause I don't know how to change my oil. <laughs> I mean, this is what we do for a living. Trust yeah. me, you know, and, and then the other question, so I, I had two in there. The other one is when you get a response on commission, because that mm-hmm. tends to be a conversation that happens a lot in real estate where you'll, you'll find an owner of, of a property or a house or something like that. It's like, well, I, I don't want to pay you as much. You know, I could probably put a sign in my front yard and sell this. You know, like there, there's, there's that kind of approach. How do you, how do you address that? What's, what's sort of the process for you? And I could, I'm assuming this one's going to be fun. <laughs> Well, I had a story that this is very accurate, very true. I had a particular client that uh, brought me and said, Greg, I've got 1,100 acres on sale. So I said, would you come down and ride with me? Let's look at it. I said, I did. So we made a good loop. And it was a beautiful place. When we got back up to the tour, we met. And he, he, he reached behind the seat and he grabbed this big old banner. looked like an Enterprise battery. Uh, the green and the, the blacks and the reds. And he says, this is what I was thinking. It had for sale by owner. And I turned and looked at him and I said, I won't use his name. I'll just say, sir. I said, let me ask you a question. He said, what's that? I said, you think your $3 million property deserves a $35 sign sitting on the front of it for sale? <laughs> and when I said that, he said, hand me the paper. I walked away with a listing within 15 seconds of me saying that right there. So I was trying to show the value. You know, you're showing me the value of what all you do, what your property's like, how pretty it is, and it is. 
But does it deserve a $35 for sale by owner out in front of it? Probably not. Not going to happen. I sold the man's property for him. I got the deal done six months later. Six months. That's fantastic. Six months later. Um, but that was that's one of the stories that come to mind when you when you say that, that I reference back to that how funny that you know, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. No, no. At the no. same time, I was making a very about to me a very valid point. You know, <clears throat> you got a three and a half million dollar property. I feel like you uh you should you should market it a little bit better than that. And we got the deal done. So yeah. You can always throw the, uh, you know, the time value of money line at them too. Like, you know, Greg and I are experts and we can get this thing sold. You got to give us the opportunity. Um, so, you know, I can, I can pop out a spreadsheet, put the time value of money. And like, like if Greg and I get this sold in four months at X dollars and it takes you a year and four months at X dollars, how much money did you lose? You know, you, you basically could have paid for our commission and maybe even pocketed some more money just, you know, through reinvesting that money uh, over that year's time. Um, maybe not right now, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, typically. But, I mean, you know, there's some truth in that because we we are the experts. We do this for a living. Trust us. We will get it done, and we will work harder, you know, than, than you probably expect us to, to get it done. Whereas, you know, you try to do it by yourself. You're going to have to field the phone calls. You're going to have to show it. You're going to have to set up the closing. You're going to have to go through all that stuff yourself. Whereas, you know, you let us work for you. That's taken care of. All we're going to do is call you and say, hey, we're showing you your property. And, hey, we got an offer on your property. And, and then the rest is. Sorry to jump in there. But both of you have mentioned, you know, getting deals done and and moving property and and you're not thinking about what you're telling me as far as like what you would be telling somebody possibly listening in. Like, what is it that you do when you list? How do you, how do you market these properties? And, and what are the specifics of, of what you get done in the field? Because it's sort of one of the unspoken two things that you all do on a regular basis, which is, you know, putting listings live and getting those, you know, into a feed and putting those online and, and talking to your networks. But I was wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about that because, you know, one thing for me and with my soft hands in my office chair to say that, but you guys are in the field. So, you know, Jack, you want to answer that or is it, was, are you asking what is our daily routine or what are our goals are? Well, sort of, you know, when, when you market a listing, what's, right. you know, what's the avenues that you go through to do that? I think it's like you're baking a cake. I mean, you've got a recipe for it and you're going to have the instructions uh, that's right here in your head. And it's repetitive, you know, of the things you've got to do to check off the box to get that property ready to go to market. Um, so I don't know if there's one thing that, that jumps out at, at me. Um, but. Gosh, that's a good question. Let me think on that for a minute, Jack. Will you help me while I'm thinking? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it goes back to what we said when we meet the client, we want to have good data. We want to we want to get the listing and, or, or, you know, if it's an offer, but we're specifically talking about marketing properties. So we'll talk about listing right now. Um, and once that's in place, I mean, that's that's baby step one, as Dave Ramsey would say. You know, we have to go from there and schedule a photographer and go out and learn the property and GPS roads and find the corners and, 
you know, determine what kind of wildlife, what kind of timber species may be out there, uh, what all of the favorable at- attributes and maybe some negative attributes of the property. So, you know, it's not just getting a listing agreement signed. I mean, it's, it's, it's weeks. It's, it's a process. And, and then once you get all your marketing material together and you put it and you upload it and it goes out to all the feeds, you know, and then it's phone calls, you know, reaching out to other brokers and letting them know what you have and asking if they have a buyer. Like, you know, I, I talked to Greg probably four times a day and I'm asking what he's doing. I mean, I'm just working. I'm on the phone. So I know Greg's making phone calls all day long, you know. Um, uh, but and, and I try to do the same. He's 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 great at that, that, that just reaching out and, and, and you know, contacting people. Um so there's there's that. And then, you know, when that happens, there's showings, hopefully, you know, that's, that's the end goal is get showings and, and get a contract. So, you know, it, it's not go out there and take pictures with your cell phone from the paved road frontage, throw them up online and wait for the phone to ring. You know, it's not it's not a it's not a one hour deal. It's a, a multiple week, if not months deal. Awesome. No, it's, uh, that's kind of the insight that I was, I was looking to get, cause it's, it's always a lot of people have different ways of working at it. And, and, you know, especially what people assume real estate is from a client side perspective to what land, you know, what a land professional actually does. And it's, it is good to hear those kind of behind the scenes of, of what you're doing in the field and how, how complex it can be, right? Like anything from, taking a soil sample to site indexing a timber stand, right? Like those kind of things are fairly in depth and, and very specific to land. Um, I, w- I want to be respectful of your time. I got you guys for an hour before I, you know, you know time is money. Right. But uh, Greg, you won, you won the president's award this last year. I was wondering if you could tell me about that because it's a pretty big deal, man. It's a big deal. Um, you know, I, I look back and figure out trying to think why me, Obviously, and so uh, um, you know, I damn, got me tripped up. Um, <laughs> winning that award was uh, one of the one of the best achievements that I felt like personally that came to me in my life. Um, it was given given out for I think a multitude of different reasons. Um, not just one, um, but it was a, it was a, 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 a particular, I don't know, there was not, I don't know what to say here on this, but I had basically just given my heart and everything I had to my business this past year. And the rewards of that were, um, growing and, and, and meeting new people, helping people, um, so I think all the goals that I had set in place, I totally surpassed those and I couldn't have done it without the resources around me. Um, you included Mac, Jack, everybody, my brokers, uh, other agents in this business that helped. Um, there was, so I didn't, you know, I don't know if I did anything special, but I just got up and gave 110% every day and every day. So, uh, I don't know what else to say about that. Well, I couldn't let you get out of here without highlighting that because that was pretty awesome. Uh, Thank you. 
But hey, guys, I I, I want to let you uh, you know, plug yourselves here. It, you know, you work in three states, so so tell anybody listening where y'all work, and uh, and I'll have your information in the podcast notes to where uh, to where you're accessible on there. But uh, you know, before I do that, I really really want to just thank the both of you for for giving some time here and uh and kind of telling your story and spreading some knowledge but um but yeah tell tell everybody where you operate and how to get a hold of you well i'm like i'm licensed in louisiana mississippi alabama tennessee and arkansas most of our work is in i'd say mississippi louisiana and kind of balance between tennessee and arkansas after that um and and give me a call with cell phone 601-395-7966 or at the office 601-878-2484. You can call Greg. Go ahead, buddy. All right. Uh, so I'm licensed in Mississippi, Louisiana, and Arkansas, and I specialize in high-end recreational, you know, whitetail and waterfowl clubs. Um, that's what that's one of my one of the things that we do and, and focus on. Um, so if you're in the market for looking to buy or sell any, any of those type of recreational properties or timber tracks, we would love to help you, um, and get a, you know, get a deal done. Uh, you can reach me at 601-408-0019. It's my cell number. Um, office number is the same as Jack, 601-878-2484. Um, you can find us on Facebook, social media. We're out there. You can't miss us. And, um, We'd love to go to work for you and get make it happen. Awesome. Thank you guys both. And uh, I'll let you get about your business. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. This concludes episode number 36 for the National Land Realty Podcast with land professionals Jack Gabriel and Greg Clearman, whose contact information you can find in the show notes. You can learn more about land ownership and the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com. 